Welcome back, everybody. No chip. There's no time for that. Speaking of no time for that, Eric, today yeah. is day 304. And we're going to read Acts 9.32 through Acts 12.24. Meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. There he met a man named Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around, and they turned to the Lord. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was also doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard Peter was nearby at Lydda, so they sent two men to, bring, to, to beg him, saying, Please come as soon as possible. So Peter turned, returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes that Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and he prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and the believers, and he presented her to them alive. The news spread throughout the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon a Tanner of Hydes. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius's messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry but while a meal was being prepared he fell into a trance he saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners in the sheet were all sorts of animals reptiles and birds then a voice said to him get up peter kill and eat them no lord peter declared i've never eaten anything that our jewish laws have declared impure or unclean but the voice spoke again do not call something unclean if god has made it clean the same vision was repeated three times then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Go downstairs. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, I've sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and he said, stand up. I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside, where many others were assembled. 
Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think anyone impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Cornelius replied, Four days ago I was praying in my house about this time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now, Send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the house of the home of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God has shown no favoritism. In every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is, of, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, uh, not to the general public, but to us whom God has chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We, we were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one of the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized, now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. But when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. Then Peter told them exactly what happened. I was in the town of Joppa, he said, and while I was praying, I went to, into a trance and saw, saw a vision. Something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners from the sky, and it came right down to me. When I looked inside the sheet, I saw all sorts of tame and wild animals, reptiles, and birds, and I heard a voice say, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, I replied, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. But the voice from heaven spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. This happened three times before the sheet and all it contained was pulled back into heaven. Just then, three men who had been sent from Caesarea arrived at the house and were, where we were staying. The Holy Spirit told me to go with them, and not to worry that they were Gentiles. These six brothers here accompanied me, and we soon entered the home of a man who had sent for us. He told us how an angel had appeared to him in his home, and had told him, send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He will tell you how you and everyone in your household can be saved. As I began to speak, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he fell on us at the beginning. Then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. 
Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered through, during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to the Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. When the church of Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take the elders of the church to Jerusalem. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up! And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish believers had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in, in the gate, and the servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, instead, instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter's standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. And when she insisted, they decided it must be an angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what is what ha what happened. And then he went to another place. At dawn, there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him. When he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the guards and sentenced them to death. Afterward, Herod left Judea to stay in Caesarea for a while. Now Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. So they sent a delegation to make peace with him because their cities were dependent upon Herod's country for food. The delegates won the support of Blastus, Herod's personal assistant, and an appointment with Herod was granted. When the day arrived, Herod put on his royal robes, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. The people gave him a great ovation, shouting, It's the voice of a god, not a man. 
Instantly, an angel of the Lord struck Herod with sickness. Oops. Can't do that. Because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving glory to God. So he was consumed with the worms and he died. Meanwhile, the word of God continued to spread and there were many new believers. And that, that is, is our, our reading, reading today. today. gross the worms and the death that's mm -hmm. yeah, gross hey but we read that passage lots of stuff happening there we read a very dense passage today with two questions in mind what's this tell us about god and what's this tell us about ourselves so chip what's this tell us about god thank you Harry. i wanted you to finish your stretch i wanted you to be yeah, fully I needed, ready i needed that stretch yeah no problem man so the, it, this is an obvious one um the gospel god's gospel god's good news salvation um, is is for the entire world. It's for everyone, mm -hmm. and we see that here. It's expanded, it's expanded, and, uh, and and you know made available, made public, made official. I guess if you want to say it that way. Um, and the gospel goes to everyone, and and so we read that. It's like, okay, it's not a big deal. But to them, it was a big deal. You know, it, it was a big deal now right. opening things up. Now going into Gentile, you're not even supposed to come into our home. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's separation here. And and now you're saying, like, we're all in this thing. God's grace and mercy and salvation is for all of us. You know? And so, because God, you know, doesn't show favoritism. Right. You know, he, there's no favoritism. It's for everyone. And then even in that, like, they were criticized. I circled that, how Jewish believers criticized him, you know, for what he was doing and um, opening up because people don't like it. And. And we're seeing that even even today, um, right? Sure. You know, across the world. So, anyway, I'll just say 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 this way: God's gospel, God's good news, is for everyone, and we must mm -hmm. never forget that. Yeah, I love that. Act on that. I love that, man. Okay, so what's this tell us about us? Uh, I just think that this is a story about boldness, just from beginning to end. Story about boldness. Peter is bold, like you said, to even go near Cornelius and his home and his yeah. people. You know, and then he's bold when he comes back and he talks it through, right? And he's just, he's bold when he gets put on trial and he's bold when he escapes. And, you know, it's like, it's just a story about boldness. Like, I love it. And I was talking about this with my students, you know, because I think that there's a misunderstanding of what courage is. And sometimes people think courage means that you're not afraid. Hmm. And I don't think that's true. I actually think the opposite. I think you can't be courageous unless you're afraid. Because mm -hmm. there's nothing to be courageous yeah, about if right. you're not afraid, yeah, yeah, right? Right, yeah. So, like, it took me absolutely yeah. no courage to sit down in this chair today. Yeah. And, you weren't afraid you know, of it. Yeah. But if, you know, I don't know, I walk into a, an actual scary situation and I do what I'm supposed to do, then that's real courage. So, I just think, man... We, you know, we're doing that phobia series at church, and especially you talked about the fear of rejection there a while ago. And um, just think, you know, we have this fear, these fears, mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with having the fears, but if we're consumed by them and yeah. we can't be bold the way Peter and the other early believers teach us, if we can't be bold, then we're not doing anything with that fear. That fear is a recipe for courage but we're just letting it consume us. So I just think, man, be bold. And Peter was bold even when he ended up in prison for it. He was bold. So I just think, what's this tell us about us? We benefit from being bold for Jesus. We do. I have a bonus, what's this tell us about oh us? Oh, my goodness. That's okay. Is it free? It's free. For everyone. 
for everyone. Not just for me, but like the listeners don't have to pay for it. No, no, they don't have to pay. It's free content. I'm going to take a quick poll. Okay. Yeah, they all want to hear it. Okay, good. Thanks. Um, I think there's a good lesson here about not believing other people's press about you, you know, especially if it's inflated, you know, they were treating him as a god. Yeah. And he believed it. Yeah. You know, and so then then it led to his downfall. Yeah. So that can, you know, if you have a leadership position, you can, um, it can be intoxicating. Yeah. And then you begin to believe that and it can lead to your downfall. And it's not a, it's not a good day then. Yeah, not good. So be very careful not to believe the press about you, especially if it's inflated and crazy. Just, I think it's just good to stay grounded. And, you know, if you, and if you, you know, I know um, my spouse, you know, Shannon keeps me grounded, you know, not, nothing impresses her you know, uh, about me. So she's quick to let me know, uh, you know, wh- who, who I am, <laughs> who I really am, you know what I mean? And I, that's good. You need people like that, whether your spouse or a good friend to just, you know, just bring reality to this, you know, <laughs> you know, especially we live in a culture today where you got all these influencers and anybody can be famous at any time, at any moment, just based on, you know, from one click to 2 million within a matter of an hour or two, you know, it's just, it can change like that. So um, I just think there's a little lesson there on that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. And don't, yeah, then you're going to get worms. Yeah. Get worms. You're going to get worms. Yeah. Gross. I like that. All right. All right. Well, Thank you guys for joining us today. Appreciate it. Eric appreciates it. Uh, don't speak for me, please. Okay. I will decide for myself <laughs> if I appreciate it. Okay. Do you appreciate it? Yes. Okay, he does. Yeah. Good. I thought he did. I wanted it to be heartfelt. I wanted to really yeah. consider if I actually appreciate it. And yeah. yes, I do. And you do. Well, thanks, Eric. I think our listeners appreciate I'm that. I'm proud of our listeners, man. Like, we are oh, cruising so through yeah. the book of Acts. We're like almost halfway through it. We are. Pretty awesome. Pretty We're, amazing. Yeah. Very good. Okay. You guys have a great one, and we'll read to you tomorrow.